Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its lows and highs We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Right, it's episode 19, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex Hello there and back again, Jess Nicholl from Staines. How do you do? Right. Um, I hope you both had a nice Christmas. Um, there's a lot to discuss, um, quite a few games over the festive period. Let's begin with, um, well, would have been almost this time last week, um, Everton away. Um, if I start off with you, David, um, you're at the game. Um, quiet performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> as, as I said to you before, I always uh, put my thoughts uh, before the game into my head and say, right, what do I think? What I think is going to be? And I stick with those after the game rather than have this uh, a crystal ball view that, uh, oh, I knew it was going to be 6-2 or something, which I clearly didn't. I, I, I went there. Um, I, I, I did say to somebody, I think we might might win 2-1 but in my heart I think 1-1 was going to be the scoreline um, being as last two tire, two at a last three um, that's what the scoreline was when I looked at the pitch warming up and I, I looked at um, Pickford in goal and I thought you know what we're going to struggle to beat that boy he's, he's very good um, and Richarlison I knew was going to be a problem so I went there with a little bit of trepidation and I thought you know this could be our, either our first draw or another awful loss Crikey. Though he didn't start off that well. Um, it, it was a stuttering start and, and a lot of warnings there. But this is where we rode a little bit of luck. Um, the second goal being disallowed. Um, it, arguable, that one. Um, could have been very difficult at 2-0 down. But, uh, wow, once we clicked into gear, we looked the side we were, have been the last couple of seasons. Mm. Excellent. Jess, was it the best performance of the season? I think you'd have to say it's very close to the best performance. Possibly Chelsea at home may be reasonably similar because of the, the quality of opposition. But in terms of um, clinicalness and ruthlessness, it was top draw. Like I say, and the heads, you know, we went 1-0 down and it, it, it was a poorly defended goal. But Everton are, uh, got a good home support, a vociferous home support. And... Um, yeah, we, we possibly was a little bit fortunate with the disallowed goal, but if you look at Salah's penalty, then then that's that sets the bench right there. It's definitely a foul. I mean, I, I think really 10 years ago, it would never have been a foul, and, and neither would have Salah's for that matter. Um, but yeah, some of the goals, the last goal summed up the, the way and, and the tempo of which we played and, and a lot of nice, intricate passing and quick, long-distance, one-time passing and a great finish by Harry. Um, so yeah, fantastic performance. It was, it was yeah, certainly exactly that clinical. It was a throwback to last season, season before that. I think there's one one of many. If you're going to be overly critical of, of Spurs, is that sometimes we have a tendency we we create a lot, but we we don't perhaps put away as many chances as we we should 
be. And um, last Sunday um, was a great example of of us being clinical, getting the goals, improving our goal difference. Um, and you know what? Goodison's not an easy place to go to. No, it's, it's a good side. It's yeah. Good side. Um, just briefly, and I, I know this is a Tottenham podcast, but um, the Everton manager... I'm not a big fan of him. I'm, I've, I've, I've long felt this and said this. I, I don't. I, I think a lot of people go on about him, and I, I just very questionable how good he is. Um, he took charge at Hull, started off really well. Perhaps seemed to have an impact. They got relegated. Okay, maybe, maybe that that team was always destined to go down. Maybe it was it was uh, the appointment was too late in the season. Watford started off really well, then the, the, the performances, um, sorry, the results uh, uh, didn't go his way. It might have been because he had his 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 faults else, elsewhere. Everton, a lot of hype around arounding um, him. Uh, he's appointed, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from our performance, but you know, the, Everton don't concede. Seldom concede that many goals at home. Um, in fact, I think two other teams, funny enough, um, Chelsea in 2014 and I think Arsenal in 2009 um, also inflicted that upon um, Everton. But, you know, concede that many goals at home. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Silver. Maybe, uh, I'm, maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I've I've not paid much attention to him to be honest. I, I sort of when he it was quite funny because when he got the job at Hull, I remember Paul Merson saying, "Oh, he doesn't know the Premiership that this that and the other," and then he actually settled in and done reasonably well at Hull. But ultimately, yes, you're right; they still went down. Um, I, I think time will tell. Time will mm. tell. You know, it, I think with Everton, a lot of he's still sort of putting his own elements into the team you know a lot of that team you know they spent a lot of money under Koeman and there's still you know still a lot of players there from the Koeman era as it were um, but we'll see I, I haven't really got a definitive opinion on Silva I think I think there's positives with him but I think you're right the way he sort of seemed to take his eye off the ball when at Watford I think you know that that didn't help Watford and it, it you're right it sort of does leave question marks over his integrity. But, you know, there's always two sides to the story. We don't know what went on in the background and, and very rarely will, will we ever find out. But, yeah, let's see how time goes. It's, he's got he's got the tools at Everton. They'll, they'll give him money. So maybe not the top, top end money like Liverpool and City have spent, but he'll, he'll get an opportunity to improve them, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll give him time. They'll, they'll, they'll give him... Probably the same. You'd think so. You'd yeah. Think so. I mean, the, the only other reason I suppose I mentioned it was because um, I've heard one or two people mention him in the context of Spurs. Should if Pochettino yeah. leave, etc. Yeah. And I just and I, some people saying it's Pochettino light that sort of thing. I, I just I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I remain to be convinced. Uh, I would be very worried if he would like say a jump at Tottenham from Everton mm. because then that's that's three clubs effectively. When yeah. A presumably a better offer comes in that he's just going to jump it. So what happens next? We have him for a year. He does really well. Barcelona come calling. He's going to go. Mm. I mean, that, the only reason there's so much doubt over Pochettino, whether you know from people that uh, other than the press, 
is because Pochettino is a man of integrity and he's a man that's committed long term. He, he's had his job title changed as well when he came in as head coach and he, he quickly got upgraded to manager. Uh, I think a lot of people would be very surprised if he if he did go at Man United. A lot of people, and I personally would as well, because. I don't. I think he knew exactly what was going on when he signed that five-year deal. I I don't think for one second he was. He wanted certain players. He wasn't interested in in just buying anyone for the sake of it. And I think Jack Grealish was exactly that. He said, "If we got him, great. If we didn't get him, it's not going to change anyone's mm. world, really." So, no, I'd be I'd be very worried if if we went if we did go. If, well, I'd be absolutely mortified if Pochettino left for starters. But then, if if we went for silver and he and he was ready to jump guns so quickly and so soon after going to Everton, I'd be incredibly worried about how much long longevity in in his tenure at Spurs would be. So, not for me. Against that backdrop of of, of lots of people in the media talking about Pochettino um, possibly going to United or United eyeing him up etc um, we we just got on with the task in hand very professional obviously um, yeah. six uh, two uh, against Everton and then um, a few days later on Boxing Day 5-0 at home to, to Bournemouth do, do either, either of you think think going into that game I'm bear in mind Bournemouth are a decent side, side, side particularly this season that it would be quite a mauling no no, I thought it'd be two 0 or you know a, a a reasonable win. But to be fair, I mean that game though, um, I, BBC, BBC match of the day really hammered Bournemouth, saying, "Oh, you know they didn't play well." Actually, I thought Bournemouth played very well and were very unlucky not to score. They they should have scored and could have been could have been leading the game from the off. And we had one of them days where we seemed to have a bit of rubber green and everything we did went in with, you know, starting and Ericsson's goal set the tone, I think as well with a deflection and it went in rather than wide or wherever. But they start contrast between Bournemouth and, and Burnley who, who visited Wembley a few weeks ago, oh. Bournemouth come and play. And I think that, that, that suits us. Yeah. Um, uh, Son was on the score sheet again. Um, David, how much of an impact do you think um, losing Son um, in January will, will, will be? I mean, it's clearly going to be an impact, but do we have the squad depth? Because I keep hearing these people say that we don't have the depth. Do we have the depth to cope without him? Well, we are, we do if we've got um, all fit. But that was the one problem that uh, was pretty obvious by, by the bench yesterday. Um, after losing Lamella, what uh, options did we have to change the game? Mm. Um, Oliver Skip was warming up um, in the 70th minute, uh, ready to come on for Sonny. Um, Sonny was just losing a little bit of his impact on the pitch, his effectiveness. Um, and, and I think it was a, a double thing for um, uh, Skip to come on and, and shore it up. And it was all too late uh, in the end because they scored and, and Skip was put back down on the bench. But we had very little on the bench yesterday. So I'm, I am concerned at the moment. We're going through with a quite a big uh, injury list. And we have had the whole, whole of the season. So losing Sonny, actually, when he's, he is absolutely at the top of his game at the moment, uh, it is a big loss. But we only lose him, I think, for a sort of maximum of three weeks, as I understand yeah. it. He goes he goes after the United game on the 13th. Yeah, he goes um, on the 15th, yeah. Yeah. Two days uh, off. Yeah. He, the, the, the only game I would worry about, of course, is the Caribou Cup. One of the legs. The, um, the away leg. Oh, the yeah. second leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's missing for that. 
Um, with the other two league games, I think are quite uh, quite capable to uh, get a result without him if we're if we're on our game. Yeah, I think it's Fulham away and then Watford at home. Um, yes, and there's also probably an FA. Assuming we beat Tranmere, um, there'll be a fourth round FA Cup tie somewhere in 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 the mix. But uh, it's always going to be you know it's always a blow when you if you lose a player of that that quality. Um, have we got the depth in the squad? I think we do. I yeah, I'm just slightly concerned if we have other injuries in in those sort of forward positions. If dare I say, if Kane picks up an injury. Um, if Lamella, Delhi, etc., Mora picks up in, in, injuries at the same time as, as we lo- lose some, particularly going into that Chelsea game, I think that that's going to cause problems. Um, and I, and by the looks of it, if, if the rumours are to be believed, it looks like Lorente is on his way out. Um, so we wouldn't even have the option of him if if there's truth in those rumours. What is it about? Turkey. It seems to be a, a graveyard for failed Spurs strikers. Adebayor, <laughs> Jansen, <laughs> Soltado, now po- possibly Lorente. Um, well, they can earn a couple of quid out there, can't they? So it's... Mm. Um, we are going to miss Sun. There's no two ways about it because he, he is absolutely flying at the moment and he's a quality player and you want as many quality players available to you as possible. It's always the way. Hopefully... The games that he misses, we we can still cope. We, we, the depth isn't bad, isn't as bad as people make out. But when you have the amount of players we've got missing, you, you could you could quite feasibly have another eleven with all the players that are missing at the moment. It's it's just absolutely it's crippling, and that's probably what hurts. I think if we'd have had Dyer or Wanyama or Dembele fit yesterday, we'd have closed that game out pretty easily. Yeah, because Winks yeah. and Sissoko are have been run into the ground. And we're not we're not we're also not getting winks further up the pitch. We're, we're actually he's having to play a role which he's not really uh, adept to, and that screening role, which Dyer and Wanyama in particular are very very good at it. Maybe some people may now see the value of Dyer to us because I think I think we've definitely missed him. Mm. And uh, you know, I I fear for Wanyama. I, I think Dembele we we have seen the best days now, and he he'll, he'll be winding down his his spell at Spurs and and fair play he's he's been brilliant for us so you know uh, that's fine nothing's forever so we move it on but I think also if Lorente goes I don't think he goes without somebody coming in because that's Pochettino has been telling us that part of the problem is is with our squad is too big and we to bring players in we need to move players out so if Lorente goes that frees up a space um yeah I, I, on on the Lorente thing, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't go for a striker in the in in this window and instead get somebody like Grealish, young English talent who plays elsewhere, and then that frees up Foyth to be registered for the um, Champions, Champions League. League. Um, yeah, it's a fair shout. Because if 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 we are going to get replacement for like for like replacement for. Um, Forget his name. He's he's, he's not left Lorente. yet. Lorente, even yeah. If um, you're sort of thinking young English strikers, the only one that comes to mind is um, the lad at Bournemouth, um, uh, Callum Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Callum Wilson. Yeah. To be honest, I I don't think signing another traditional number nine will work because you you come to Spurs, you know that you're not going to play 
if Harry's fit and available and if it's a big game. You, you know it doesn't matter if, if you score a hat-trick in a cup game at the weekend and we've got a big game the following Saturday, or not even a big game, a Premier League game, Harry plays. So that traditional number nine that sort of player like Lorente is, it's a waste of time signing another player like that. What we need is someone that can, can play through the middle, but can also, a bit like Son, some can play at front is you know he's, he has attributes which which you know he's not a good he's not a hold up player he's not particularly good in the air but he makes nice runs and he sort of takes other players away and, and he does his job in a different way to the way Harry plays where Harry can drop deep he can also play off the shoulder he can he can really mod it what we need is another player and someone said Bow and it was in jest because we're not we're not going to sign Bow but a player like Bow who you can play up front he can play up front but you can also play him in one of the wide three play in a three behind the one or you can play him as if we go more attacking which we've done with more and some either side of Harry that we need that sort of play I don't think another traditional number nine I think you're two years down the line they'll be woefully out of form and they'll just want to leave like Lorente like Jansen I think we need to even just abandon that that idea of signing that sort of player it's always been a problem uh, having the one striker up front, and that's what we play to. All the others move around um, Kane. It's all a movement, so you've got this one focal point. Years ago, it was always two strikers, and you could work around that and yeah. uh, have you one. You could have three. You could have three rotate, you know, play two, and, yeah. and you'd have a nice rotation. But now, the, yeah. especially with... Harry being as good as he is, it, it makes it impossible for a, a traditional sort of striker type player to come in and play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chelsea lad, who, um, Morata, uh, he was the one who quite openly said, yes, yeah, Spurs approached me and I said, well, why do you want me? I'm just going to sit on the bench. Yeah. And and, and he said that and, it, and you just think, oh, what the hell do we do? I don't but know. I, it is an We've got one lad. Though, isn't it? It's an impossible yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah. It is. I don't know what he'll do, but that's his job to find something. Yeah, we have is. got we have got young Parrot. He's probably too young at the moment. Yeah, but he is. Yeah. I did look at the bench and I thought, you know what? He could have come along on the bench, considering what we had. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see him being entered in soon. And I'm sure if we don't see him this season, I'm sure we'll see him next season on the bench and being entered in slowly. He's been given been given so many uh, accolades so far that he may be yeah. part of the answer. I've only seen him glimpses of him, but I've read a fair bit about him, and they said that he's actually very similar to Roy, Robbie Keane in the way he's not like your your traditional nine. He's got great feet, uh, left and right, good movement, good skills. So why not? I mean, why not? Why not? I'll say a good 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 starting point might be next Friday up at up at Tranmere. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, I was surprised that I mean they were sent, there was an opportunity to put him on the bench yesterday. Given that if you looked at the bench and Kundu on the bench, who I, I just don't I don't rate. He, he's another one that surely he's we, gone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we we, yeah. we loaned him out last season to um, Burnley, um, yes, and yes. and he's just one. You look at him and he just thinks surplus requirements. Yeah, um, uh, just going back to the Bournemouth game, obviously, other than the obvious, you know, again, clinical five goals, clean sheet, etc. Um, Kyle Walker Peter start, started a right back, another good good performance. Um, yeah. He seems to every time he seems to play for Spurs, uh, certainly in the prem, 
the, the few, few Premier League opportunities he's had this season and last, um, he seems to have done well. I think he's had about three man man of match awards. Um, I'm not saying he's flawless. He, he's he's made mistakes, but he, yeah. he's he, he, yeah, absolutely, he's played well. Which then begs the question: Why didn't he? And we'll talk more in a minute about yesterday. But why didn't he start yesterday? I know that Pochettino is rotating and, and resting players, but he's barely played. He played on Wednesday. Um, maybe I'm talking with the high, benefit of hindsight. Trippier didn't perhaps have his best game yesterday, but I, I, I feel for the lad. I, what more can he do to play regularly for us? But he's, doing, I, he's doing all the right I, things. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the beginning. I looked at this again at yesterday's team. I looked at the team and I thought, blimey, that's about as strong a side as we can put out at the moment. Yeah. Um, the only arguable one was Ben Davis or Rose. Um, and I looked at it and I was happy. And I thought he's taking this seriously. Um, we 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 were up at Wolves. Wolves were a very good side, three 0 up, and they pounded us after that. And we were absolutely holding on um, for quite a long period of the game. Uh, and I knew when they came down because they're such a physical side. And Bolly, of course, is the one that did us yesterday. But you know, you, you need to have your best side out with them. Um, and I have to say that. Uh, um, I, I I was more than happy with Trippier playing than uh, Walker Peters. But I understand your aim. Angle, but I can see why Trippier played. Now, I say, with hindsight, you look back and you think, oh, well, maybe he should have played Walker Peters. Maybe he's saying that to himself. Who knows? Um, but I thought it was a right. I thought it was a right team selection at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'll, I'll second that. Um, you, you know, it'd be great to pick a team after the game and, and maybe, you know, then try and change the result. I like Walker Peters. Um he reminds me of David. You might remember Chris Hewton playing for Spurs. He reminds me of, of a young Chris Hewton, the way he plays. There's nothing flash. There's nothing, you know, you can't put your finger on one brilliant sort of aspect he's got, but he just, he seems to be very good all round. He's, you know, he's alert, he's brave, you know. I, I really like the look of him. Um, yeah, a little bit surprised. I, I would like to see him tried at left back. Now, I know that is a leap of faith, but he, he plays there for the under 21s, I believe in the under twenties. Yeah. So not, you know, if Rose is fit, Rose plays and the way Rose has played last few games, I, I would, if, if Rose is in, up to speed, you play him. I mean, he's been exceptional lately. Rose, I can understand why he didn't play SC because the amount of games in a short amount of time has been, it's been ridiculous. And I, I don't know what the premier league are thinking of really, because you're watering down the quality of football by, by having these amount of games in this short time, and, and even looking forward, you know, we play, we play on New Year's Day, so so we play on Tuesday, then we play on Friday, then we play the following Wednesday. I mean, where, where you know, how are players going to get a rest? And and really, you know, when you go and watch a game, you don't want your best players sat on the bench. You want to see your best players. So I, I think they've really got to look at the the scheduling. And I don't, you know, everyone, you know, they're saying now we're going to have a, a winter break. For me, all the winter break is going to do is going to move that congestion to another part of the season. It's not going to stop yeah. it. It's just going to change it. Like the seasons now, when April used to May is now like what April used to be like. You know, it's just going to it's just going to move the congestion to another part of the season. It's not going to stop it. So anyway, that's that's my tuppence worth on that matter. But yeah, I like Walker Peters, and I think he's definitely got a future. And wait, well, he's on new contract, isn't he? Yeah, recently. yeah. So yeah, yeah you know. I, I think he's pretty safe. I mean, the Barcelona game, you know, he made that error early on, 
but you know didn't fold. He, you know, he actually come back and, and played pretty well after that. So, mm, yeah, there's a player there. There's a player there. Right. Yesterday, um, let, let's let's get to the elephant in the room. Um, let, let's just just the wolf in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's look at the first forty-five minutes. Um, I thought we we did well. I, um, I thought that. Kane's goal it's going to be forgotten about unfortunately I think I think it's the best goal that I've seen live I'm struggling to think of of a goal that I've seen better than that Um, there's the one that Kane scored against um, Woolwich um, when it was 2-0 when the one famously pulls off his face that one does my head in because everybody goes on about that that goal but what 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 really um, annoys me about that goal is the fact that they equalised not just because it was Woolwich but because um, we were fighting Leicester and we had a chance to close the gap, etc., etc. So they, they were down to ten minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday felt a bit like that. I thought, I thought strike was superb. You know, cut, cutting in on cutting in on in on his left foot. It was almost Bale-esque. Yeah. It reminded me of Bale. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's sort of just now. I just feel a bit flat. Yeah. Um, because of the, the subsequent result. But honestly, first half, I thought. I thought we we were in control of the game. Um, Wolves, I thought, were there for the taking. I, th- I thought we could have got a second one. And it was just really weird. Half-time, as I'm waiting for the players to, to come out, I just had this really bad feeling. And it felt... I remembered what it, when we were 2-0 up um, oh, just over, over a year ago at Wembley um, in the Carabao Cup against West Ham. And we looked in control. Now, obviously, then I didn't have, I didn't know what, what was going to come around the corner. But, but now, with 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 hindsight, I remember how I felt that day. How we we had was that contr- night, yeah, 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 that night. How we had complete control first half, second half. We just, for whatever reason, we didn't come out. West Ham credit yes. to them did. You think of also other occasions over the last twelve months. Um, United, Juventus, Watford. Into I'm a bit harsh the Inter game, but where we've gone one nil up, and I've always felt we need that second goal just to kill kill teams off. And I just had this feeling yesterday. Wolves are a decent team, and second half we I think we were okay initially, but that last twenty minutes we they really looked up for it. Um, and and they're a decent team. I think their um, their record against um, the top six this season is pretty good. London, have they? they haven't lost in London. There was. I think was one of the things that they were saying that they they they've drawn at Arsenal. They beat Chelsea at Wolves. They uh, drew against they, City at home. Yeah, drew at City. Yeah. Um, I said after we played them and when we won the three-two game and and like they David alluded to earlier, they really give us a chase in towards the end of that game. And I actually I don't know if it was then that I said it or after they should have won at the Emirates and didn't. Um, said that they will bloody a few few noses. And I think yesterday they they well they certainly bloodied our nose. Um, I, I, luckily yesterday I was away from football. I had, we had our football club rugby piddle up, and um, so I was just keeping look at score. And I had very similar to feeling to you, Jeff. I, I was thinking, okay, so we're one up, great. This uh, you know reading Twitter and following Twitter. And I just literally, every time I went back to check the score, I was expecting 2-0, and then with about 20 minutes to go, and it was still 1-0, I'm thinking, bloody hell. I just, and there's no rhyme and reason for it. I just felt they're going to equalise. I just know they're going to equalise. And lo and behold, they equalised. And I thought, right, well, now I know what, from watching that first Wolf, Wolves game at um, the Molyneux, 
they're going to be relentless now. Mm. And I don't know. If, and sometimes in a match, you know, football is very much about momentum. When a team's got momentum, it's it's very hard to to start swimming it back against the tide and to get the momentum back. And and that and that works both ways. It's very hard to stop a team with a momentum, and and teams with momentum don't normally tend to run out of it either. They just carry on juggernaut in a head. So I I feared the worst yesterday. I don't think we helped ourselves from from the goals. I mean, Bowley's goal. It's simple defending there. They've allowed the centre half to make a ten yard run. He even allowed to make a ten yard run, and then he checked and stopped and still got that leap. Now, the first rule of defending from a corner is don't allow him to make that run. Yeah. Have a man stood in front of him, right on his toes, so he can't make that run. So, and the second goal, oh, Toby's a little bit unlucky. You know, it goes for his legs and Lloris sees it late. And the third goal, we're chasing the game. Yeah, we made a mistake in midfield. They're clean through and it's a nice finish. So, yeah, bad at the office. I think we're a little bit too complacent. I think we thought... and. And you say it like you said about the West Ham game. Mm-hmm. I've never seen an easier half of football than that first half in that West Ham game. And I think the players thought, well, this is this is this is going to be a piece of piss. We, we, we don't even need to come out. And lo and behold, they didn't come out, and we had our bottom spanked. And I think that was similar to yesterday. Hopefully, it will cause a reaction because normally one thing we are really good at is reacting to a negative result. Yeah. Or a, we, you know, that's one thing we've done really well. Hopefully. Cardiff game, we'll get our noses in front, and rather than thinking we can control it, actually go on and, and put the game away. Because I'd imagine the players aren't training too hard. I'd imagine it's more recuperation and rest, and you know, ice baths and stuff like yeah. that, rather than long slogs running. So, I think yes, see, yeah, we have to hold our hands up. I think we contributed to our own downfall, and we have to give Wolves credit, because Wolves sent in, sent in a little bit of blood and they went for it so yes annoying but not I don't I, I don't think we can get too down ourselves I think that's eight wins out of ten in the Premier League yeah I think if we say right here right now next ten games we'll win eight of them we'll take that hmm. well how many people at the start of the season if you said we hadn't made any signings uh, we still haven't moved into our stadium etc 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 and we are well, we're third now because City are Winning. Yes. Most people would have taken that last sixteen of the Champions. League. your hands off. Yeah, last sixteen of the Champions League, semi-finals of of, of the um, League Carabao. Cup and of Carabao and, and and obviously FA Cup still still to come. And um, there was a word you used um, a, a few moments ago. You said momentum. It's funny because um, when when they scored and I think it was the seventieth minute or something like that, uh, I was at the game and I messaged a friend and I said they're going to get another one. The, the the momentum is with them. They were my exact words, and it really felt like that they were in the ascendancy. And if any team looked like scoring again, it, it was them. Um, the first goal, David, you've um, you've played football previously as a defender. Um, the it struck me that although it's a fantastic, uh, much like Jess said earlier, fantastic effort, fantastic header from from the Wolves player, um, he was allowed. Um, a free header effectively and I couldn't I was looking at the defending defending and I couldn't tell well, well was it were we going man to man or were we going zonal oh, we certainly, certainly, no, certainly, yeah. certainly it, weren't going man to man and if we were going it zonal was, well it, we weren't doing that it either. was zonal that yeah at that moment it was zonal it wasn't man to man marking and with a bloke like Bolly I mean he's a man mountain he's an absolute man mountain 
and it, and it caused us problems in that first game at Molyneux. And, I, and you have to be aware of a guy like that when he comes up like that. Um, you do, as it's suggested, you have to put someone on his toes. And when he tries to make a header, if you can't win it, and, and an awful lot won't, we're not the biggest of sides when it comes to defending set pieces in our own box. You have to get a man underneath him that leans in him and make yeah, sure he can't runs. get a clean... Yeah. Yep, you clean, clean, just leaning him, and so he can't get a header or can't get a clean header. A guy like that, I can't imagine, is a great header of the ball. He's just big, and he, and, and if you give him a free header, he isn't easily going to miss, is he? No, I uh, mean to be fair, all he did was he got up well and he put a good, powerful downward header, which straightaway makes it very hard for the goalkeeper. So I've seen people <laughs> were criticising Hugo for that goal, thinking oh. what he, I thought he'd done brilliantly to get anything anywhere near it. Yeah, yeah. Don't start me on that. It's just a whole evening of rubbish on the uh, social media, and and I, I, this is the worst I've seen it melt down, and, and I can't believe it because at the uh, by the time I finished last night, I, I must be I gone to bed thinking we must have been relegated. Mm. <laughs> had a, had a, um, when when instead instead we're in everything still. Yeah, we had a, we had a comment from uh, a few comments and questions. Um, one from Nikki Merritt, who sort of alludes to that about social media. She says, "I'm not happy. I'm disappointed in our performance today. When Pochettino was interviewed pre-match, he even looked flat. Something was off. All showed up today, and full credit to them. It certainly does not mean I'm I'm going to go around bashing our manager and players whose praise we've been singing." Uh, for the past however many weeks why the hell are supporters so quick to turn on the team they reportedly love so much that infuriates me more than today's poor performance and yeah social media yesterday was just not yeah it's it's just a short it's simple short memory simple short memory by the time it comes to cardiff and and if we win and win well and fingers crossed we do then they'll start to forget again and you do think you've got to take both and you've got to accept both. We Before going into the game yesterday, we were 11 points better off than this last time last year. year. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, how well are we doing? Uh, at the beginning of the season, I think um, we made some predictions. And I'm not sure if I've put... I think I put Spurs as fourth. And I, and I couldn't see us doing any better than fourth. I'm sure Man City were going to improve. I knew Liverpool got something. And I thought Manchester United might better than they are but you know I, and I thought well fourth I'll take and if we can get a trophy and the trouble is we took second spot and in some respects that's possibly been the worst thing to happen to us so far we got second place and people are looking and saying you know what I, I said a couple of weeks ago you know we, um, about this and they would have any chance if you're going to get silly and say we've got a chance of this I knew they'd have to come back to us that is Man City and Liverpool would have to lose games and, and we, we know we're going to lose games. So they're going to lose an awful lot. Man City, for some, some strange reason, lost two in a row to the most unusual uh, teams. Not what you would expect. So they've come back to us. And we all got overexcited. And in reality, we've got to look at Liverpool. Well, certainly now, I mean, after yesterday's result for them, um, they've got to lose at least six games from here to the end of the season. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And Man City you're going to come back and, and I'd love to say I'd love to be more positive than that but mm. re- reset your you know let's re- recalibrate and say what, what what's our best well I think we go back to the beginning of the season top four top four this is always going to be is a big ask of, of Pochettino and surprisingly he's the top target for Manchester United supposedly why because he's done such a good job fine you can throw the baby out with the bathwater if you like with all this it's just it's just ridiculous 
I was disappointed as everybody else yesterday over a game that was grabbed from us. Um, and the only mistake I think Pochettino made was Oliver Skip. He took too long to get him on. And, and it was at 70th minute. He's on the sideline. He was warmed up, ready to go on for Sonny. And the goal went in. And Pochettino made him sit down again and realise, oh, damn, I've got to get a goal here. I did feel earlier on that that second goal was was vital for us to settle down and and control the game. But, you know, these things happen. We're still in there. We're still in amongst it. Um, And and we've got, as we know, League Cup semi-final, FA Cup still to go. And we're still in the Champions League. And look at the results we got in the Champions League when we needed them. You know, don't forget the players. Don't don't bully them and the manager just because we've had an upset. I'm sure Wolves, I, I have no doubt in the change rooms, Wolves said, look, at you know, half-time, we hope to be nil-nil. We're 1-0 down. We're in the game. You know what happened last time? Spurs crumbled. Put a bit of pressure on them. They don't like it. And as Nikki has, has said in her, her question, that they looked flat. And they did. They looked tired. We know that um, young Winks has got an ankle problem. And Pochettino said a little while ago, we can't play him every game. And we are leaning on him because of all the injuries. So when I looked at it, I said, that's a good side on paper. You know, I'm not probably not taking into account the poor lad, you know, he's got his old ankle problem um, and probably wasn't at his sharpest. Sissoko, I was thinking again, running up to this game, I thought, my goodness me, the bloke's a man mounted himself. You know, he's getting through all these games and showing no tiredness. Now, I didn't see he he was particularly to blame yesterday but clearly all the lads were, were looking the misplacing passes towards the end giving the ball away it it, it really was was a shadow of ourselves from the previous two games but hey you know we, we, we support the team don't we we support uh Pochettino particularly um we we're singing his name weren't we at Everton mm-hmm. um as Mr. Tottenham uh, and, and this is a time when he needs us singing again Mr. Pochettino Mr. Tottenham because he needs to know our love because if you, if you don't if we start to put silly stuff on media starts to permeate onto the field of play it will be off you know and, and the other thing I would say about all this is Wembley in the end I think the Wembley thing is costing us they were saying at Liverpool yesterday I mean the play was absolutely on fire up at Anfield. The players are all um, got their twelfth man from the stands, and here we are at Wembley. And I don't hear it; uh, it's just dying in there. And I think that's that we we're not got that twelfth man. Mm. We do it away games. Yeah, you know at Everton, it, it, it was wonderful there, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. blasting the place out, and the, and the players could hear it. But back at Wembley, it's just dying on its arse in there. Mm. That's let me let me put a question to both of you. Um, well, two parts. First part, nice and easy, very quickly. Um, I presume that neither of you think realistically we can win the league. Yep. Uh, no. No. Okay. Fine. Right. With that in mind, tell me this: um, two years ago, um, we were, I think, twelve points behind Chelsea around about this time, which then was ten points. We then played them on the fourth of January. We won. Um, it, that lead was down to seven points. We were second in the ta- table. Yes, they had a they, st- they had a, 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 a considerable lead, seven points at, at the time, and they were they were they were winning a lot of games. I think when when we beat them, um, they had gone like thirteen games on, on the spin, winning all thirteen. But we we were still very much from that point and onwards talked about in the title race. We even got it down, I think, to four points later, later on in the season. 
We're nine nine points behind Liverpool at the moment. You can see where I'm going with this. Um, yeah. if, if we win against Cardiff, and let's just say, and it's possible, City beat Liverpool on, on Thursday, it's six points. How How is it that two years ago we were talked about in the title race? Even even three years ago when we were chasing Leicester. Um, Leicester, I think, were five points clear, um, which, okay, slightly less, but it, seven points certainly. Um Behind, behind Chelsea and and nine at the moment. It could it could go down to down to six after Liverpool play um, City. What's the difference? I I think if right. So you will we win the league? No, I don't think we win the league. And I think simply simple reason why we won't win the league is because Liverpool and Man City are incredibly good sides, and they they are going to slug it out with each other. Now, I think we can get back into the race and be considered contenders, but I think ultimately those two teams at the moment have better tools and are better than us. And I you've got to finish should... above both of them to win the yeah, league. Yeah, and that's the yeah. problem. I think we could we could feasibly finish above one of them, but to, uh, we've literally probably got to win every game from here on in. Mm. I mean, if you look, Liverpool have dropped six points, I think. Six points. I mean, and I... I I haven't really watched Liverpool and think, wow, this team's amazing. And apparently, yesterday they blew Arsenal away, but I, I've never, you know, they've just they've just ploughed on. They've they've not been fantastic at all. Yet they've got the results. So if they do up it a bit and they look good yesterday against Arsenal, by all accounts, then I, I can't even see City catching Liverpool, but. Like you say, today City looked like they're on course to narrow the gap. If City can beat them on in the in the next game, then maybe putting a little bit of pressure on Liverpool. Maybe that first, if you know Liverpool lose a game, that might hit them a bit hard, and a, a little bit of self belief might fall out of them. But I just think ultimately the the it's too difficult at this time with the amount of players we've got out. And also factor that in that we are in still all four competitions. I still think finishing in a top four will be a, a really good season for us, considering all the circumstances around the club. Wembley, I totally agree with David. I've been to two league games this year. I just can't stand a place. It is soul-destroying. Um, and that's from, that's from a fan that sat at, through the 90s when... We had teams on the pitch that are soul destroying. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, I think we have to recalibrate our expectations for this season. If we can nick a cup, if we can win a cup and finish in the top four, that would be absolutely remarkable. And if we can get into the new ground in time for the Champions League game, imagine that uh, under the lights at the new White Hart Lane, by the mm. way, which is absolutely phenomenal. I have. I was literally having palpitations walking into it. I'm a, I'm a 47-year-old bloke, and I've got goosebumps walking into what is bricks and mortar and plastic. You, for the you're at the fan fan familiarisation event two weeks yes, ago. Yes, I yeah. was. I got Willy Wonka's golden ticket for the for the familiarisation event. Yeah, and it it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. It is going to be phenomenal, and it makes it even harder. To, to then go through the drudgery of Wembley. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, Wembley's a great stadium, but it's not home. 
And that's mm. what I felt was so amazing about New Stadium. It feels like home. It felt like the old White Hart Lane, which is crazy because it's it, you know it it's very different from the old White Hart Lane. But it just had that feel. There was a vibe there. You could you know it was it's home. So I think that'll be a massive tonic when we get into the New Stadium. I think we can push. I think we can get closer. But I think ultimately it. Top three would be absolutely brilliant. Top four would be good. Win a cup, that would be sensational for this season. And then let's see where we go from now, because, you know, I don't think we need a lot. We don't need a lot. And I just think this year injuries have crippled us. I mean, I can I can change my hat over and say, right, I'm going to look at this positively, and I'll give you I'll give you a couple of positives that might give you some uh, hope, if you like. But with Liverpool and Man City, if if we get knocked out of Champions League a little bit early I hope we don't but if we do our concentration can then go back onto the Premier League those two could end up going very deep and and take up a lot of their time and energy and just as you were saying Jess I, I absolutely agree with you that the the new stadium will be a real tonic going in there I said that before and we may get that just that boost when we need it and I, I've said and Liverpool will lose a game they will stumble somewhere and it might just uh, then get them to trip up and, and have a little um, little, little poor run. Yep, little poor run. And then once they've got that, who knows? Who knows? But at this moment, if you ask me, I've got to put my house on one of the teams. Um, I, I did say yesterday Man City, but I probably, well, I think probably Liverpool at this moment, I'd have to um, place yeah. my money on that. Of course, this is going to be between... Yeah, yeah, it's going to have to be between totally Man agree. City and, and Liverpool. So next, next couple of weeks, whatever it is, it's next week. Well, some, somebody um, said that uh, quite quite an amusing anecdote saying you know we're we're second in a two horse race and we're not even one of the horses yeah. <laughs> I think that Liverpool have been very lucky with injuries they, Pe- they people people talk about um, the depth in our squads lack of depth etc etc and I, and I I said it before, I think you said it earlier, Jess. I think it's a lot better than people think. I think we, we, we've just been unfortunate that in key areas we've got a lot of, inj- lot of injuries, um, particularly that cent- cent- central midfield, which, which, yeah. which, which, which has mean we haven't been able to rotate Winks and Sissoko as much. Whereas some of the other positions, you know, you consider the fullbacks, he's been rotating them. Um, sometimes that's, you know, that, that's been through choice. Sometimes it, he's not had that choice, it's just been injuries. But at least we've had players who can come in. We've not had that option, central midfield central midfield centre backs we've lost Jan a few times this, this season from considerable periods but fortunately we, okay Toby's been fit and we've we've um, brought in Sanchez Foyce played played well a few games we've even put Davis there if you take Liverpool if they get an injury to um, Van Dijk what options have they got Lovren <laughs> Yeah. Well, he played yesterday. Actually, Liverpool have been very gifted this year. They've hardly had any injuries. Yeah. And funnily enough, when Chelsea won it um, a couple of seasons ago, the same injuries. damn yeah. thing yeah. happened. Yeah. They had yeah. hardly. Yep. Yeah. What? What is it? What is it about our luck? And, and I don't, I'm not going to use that particular word for us, but because uh, I don't like it. But um, it seems that way. You know, we get all the only so many injuries. Liverpool, uh, they haven't had no because Gomez is top player. But yeah, it's walked. Yeah. In walked Lovren, and and he's been fine actually. As much as he makes mistakes, he, he's he's done very well. Maybe Van Dyke gives him just enough security for him to 
feel fairly confident. So they've had a lot going for them. And it only, as you say, it only wants one of the two or three players and, and, and um, Salah or uh, Van Dijk to get an injury. And you can see where the power is in defence because Liverpool have conceded so few goals. Um, what have they conceded so far? Eight goals yeah. this season. 48-4, eight against. Um, and we've conceded 21. And Man City have conceded 15. They're double the amount. So yeah. you can see you can see where Liverpool uh, are scoring points. It's just simply that they're not conceded. And that's where we were a few, uh, a few years ago when we had Walker. We were magnificent that season and somehow managed to not win the title and allowed Leicester to do it. But uh, it just seems to be against us. Uh, who knows? Liverpool get a wobble. Who knows, Javid? Yeah. Um, right, a couple more comments, questions from listeners. Um, Dave Phipps, looking at positivity going into the new year, going back to start seasons, and someone said, going to the last game of the year, spending nothing on transfers in the summer, we will be second in the league, third. Now, six points behind the lead, it's nine. Um, you, would have, um, he, you would have said, I'd be happy with that. I am Coy's... Um, <laughs> uh, I think well, that's the point we touched on earlier, and the fact that we're also we're involved in in semi final of um, Carabao Cup and last sixteen of Champions League. John Steggles, was the result was that result a result of the lack of the ability to rotate due to the small squad size and our injury list? I think we sort of touched upon that. Yeah, to some degree, it was. Yes, some of it I think was complacency as well. Possibly, they're a good yeah, team. Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of both. I think yes, definitely not having the ability to get one of those big screening midfielders which we've got and having the op- option of rotating them. And I also think, you know, we, we talk a lot about the physical tiredness, but the amount of games we've played, I would imagine there might have been a little bit of mental tiredness in there as well, mm-hmm. especially with the amount of silly passing and things yeah. that great footballers just don't do. We've done far too much of it. It's a little bit of a perfect storm. I, I, I think... Someone, I mean, people throw up silliness like saying, oh, we bottled it, this, that, the other. I think that's a little bit disrespectful because Wolves, you know, Wolves are a good side. There are so many good sides in the Premier League. You know, you're to to win 15 out of 20 games, it, it's a phenomenal achievement. And, and I think most seasons at a halfway point, and I, I've not looked it up because so I refuse to do it to myself, but I bet you 45 points at the halfway point would be leading the league. Most, eight of the, eight most... of the last, eight of the last. I don't know which Premier League seasons. I don't think last season clearly because City had a lot more. But eight of the last, however many Premier Leagues you know since 1992 seasons that would have been enough at this yeah. point. I know some yeah. of those seasons were uh, Chelsea 40... have had a great start and Arsenal have had a great start. Mm. But 45 points. So say you replicate that in the second half. That's oh, yeah. 90 points. Yeah. 90 points always. Like, the Invincibles got 90 points. Uh, actually, now, funny. No. We've they got had more. 87. They had we've 87 got, points. I think going they, into yesterday. Yeah, I think so. Going, going into yesterday's game, we had the same number of points. Um, I've dig this out on Twitter. We had the same number of points as they had um, at this point of the season um, in, their, in their famous Invincible season. And I think we might have 
possibly scored more or something like that. Everyone goes on about the fact that we've lost five games and the most you can lose within a season is something like six to win the league. Yeah. And that that's true. That's a valid point, except for the fact that um, you'd also probably, the team that would lose, say, five or six and win the league, they'd probably draw a handful as well. And we haven't drawn any. We've, we've been winning I, a lot. I think that's, that's the key. It, you yeah. know, you get one point for a draw. If it, It's like a loss nowadays, a draw. Mm. So as long as you yeah. can keep winning i i don't you know if we if we lose another five games that would be 10 is that right but we we say yes. we win yes. another we say we win another 12 games so it's 36 and it's uh, that leaves us well 81. over yeah 81 points that i mean that's brilliant but yeah i'll take that you know i'd absolutely snap your hands off and that's a couple of draws in there as well because we, you, we're not going to go the whole season without a draw. It's just not going to happen. It can't yeah. happen. So, uh, keep with, as long as we win, like I, as I said earlier, you know, we've won eight out of our last ten. If someone says here and now, right, you can win eight out of your next ten and, and lose them as well, and lose two, I'll take that. I'll take that right now. Yeah. Um. Let's very briefly discuss a few other things. Um, so this week we had um, news that um, I think Pochettino mentioned in his pre- one of his press conferences towards the end of the week that we've activated the um, uh, extension in Toby's contract. So a bit like Jan, um, their contracts were going up to 2019, but we had the option to extend it by a year to 2020. The difference being the case for Toby, he's got this clause in his contract, which means that in the summer, a club can come in, I think it's up until 14 days um, before before the end of the window that that, that they can come in and put a 25 million bid. Now, uh, again, you take one glance at social media and, and you hear a lot of things people saying oh that's bad business you you get another school of thought saying well actually we're, we're protecting our asset um he could go the alternative would, would be that he'd go on a free tr- free transfer at least we get 25 million he could start negotiating in january if it was going to go if we didn't put that in and he was going to go on a free he can start talking to clubs in in, in january etc et yeah yeah um and there's a there's this whole school of thought with regards to Toby. You hear people saying that um, apparently he was offered a contract last year that was 180, 190. The fact is nobody nobody knows what what he was offered, and 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 and, and that's what I keep hearing. I and mean, people keep saying that um, we should pay him what he's worth, etc. And he wanted more, um, but we the reality is we don't know. Now I'm gonna add to the speculation and I'm, I'm as guilty as the rest but here's another school of thought what if actually the contract that was offered last season was that he he didn't sign it not because of the money but because of the length of the contract it, it's possible that the club yeah. and we've seen this with with other players when they hit, hit their 30s I remember um, at, at, at Woolwich Burkamp and when he, when he got into his 30s they would give him a rolling contract every year I think United did did this with the likes of Dennis Irwin uh, years and years ago. Um, Mark Hughes, when he when he was in his early thirties at, at United, he wanted a longer contract. Um, they weren't willing to give him a longer contract, and he left and, and signed for Chelsea subsequently. And I wonder whether it and, and I'm just as guilty as the rest. I'm just speculating here, but I wonder whether that was the the the, the actual sticking point, And it's not really a question of money. Um, I mean, who knows? Uh, well, I, I think money will come into it, but. 
but I think also you're right. He possibly doesn't want to be tied down. And I remember a similar situation with Teddy Sheringham when he was at Spurs and um, he wanted a five-year deal and, and Alan Sugar wouldn't give him one and, and they had a bit of a standoff and, he, and Sugar basically said, well, look, there's the contract. You've got until a certain date, whatever, to agree to it. If you don't sign it, fine. You, you, you can go. We don't care. And Sheringham come back to Sugar and said, yeah, OK, I'll sign it. And Sugar turned around and said, well, no, you've gone past the date now. And Jerry Francis apparently was absolutely mortified that this was going to happen. Now, the irony was that we then signed Sheringham on a free transfer for double what he was offered in the original transfer <laughs> after it would have ran out by then. So, yeah, I mean, players don't... I, I don't know. I, I think... I think if we can get the money to a reasonable level, I think you can negotiate the length of, of term because it doesn't suit either party, really. You know, if if Toby doesn't want to play in England till he's 35, if he wants to go somewhere else, then that's that's fine. But, you know, I think common sense has got to prevail. I think the triggering of the contract is common sense. It's nothing short of common sense. Like, Jav, you said that he'd, he'd have been out of start negotiating contracts with other clubs come January. Now, imagine if there'd have been a little bit of indecision and, and come the 2nd of Jan, we'd have turned around and said, right, we're activating, we're triggering the clause. And then Toby could come around and said, well, I've agreed terms with Ajax or Bayern Munich. How embarrassing would that be? And how, how oh, the lawyers are, uh, undoubtedly get involved, but... It's common sense. It buys everybody time. Um, yeah, twenty-five million is not a lot of money, but it's. I mean, I say it's not a lot of money. Bloody hell, it is. It's an incredibly large amount of money. However, not in context. Um, I just think it's common sense. Let's hope. Let's hope we can tie him down for another couple of years. Let's hope we can also get Yan tied down for another couple of years. And that's it. I, I don't think it. I, I think it's just completely neutral. I don't think it's bad news. I don't think it's brilliant news. It's just what had to be done and what. And let's hope now, you know, because he looks, he looks fully committed, Toby. I, you know, his mm. body language is not of a player that is unhappy. It's not of a player that can't wait to get out the door. He looks fully committed. He looks fully engaged. You know, he's. he's he looks he looks very happy with his game. He's playing well. He doesn't look distracted in any way. So you know, I've heard there's been problems with his agent as well, and the way that his agent, which is his dad, I believe, has been conducting himself. So let's let's hope you know that time is a bit of a healer, and and we can get the parties to sit down and yeah, and he just you know give him give him a contract financially, which is matches his ability and worth and also yeah the, I'm sure the length the length of it can be negotiated I, I'm sure that wouldn't be a problem I'm, if if he said well I'll sign a three year deal but not a five I don't I think that'd be fine I think he'd, he'd agree to it as long as the money was, was there because you know you've got you set your own values you value you know he will have a value of himself and, and he'll want Spurs to match it but what, what I think is utterly bizarre from fans is when you say when they, and you see it on social media all the time, pay the player what he wants. Yeah. Well, you don't know what he wants, and not only that, say you've got an Ozil type situation where he wants three hundred and fifty grand a week. That, that's, I'm sorry, but that 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 absolutely kills 
kills the player. The player, the player's done then. He's got four years of three hundred and fifty grand a week. Why is he going to put in the, that extra five percent effort that Pochettino would demand? He's not. He's thinking I'm made. So I think you know we, we've got to be very careful as fans the way we we just think that you know money is like. Is a pot, you know, a, a stream of money that will never end. We haven't got, we have a finite amount of money which we can spend on wages, and we have to be sensible with it, and we have to be sensible with what impact it has on the dressing room as well. So, yeah, I, I've, I've no, I'd love to see Toby go. There's no, there's no scenario where I'd be like happy to see Toby, Toby go early because I think he's a wonderful player, and I think him and Jan Vertonghen are as good as anything I've seen in the back four for Spurs as good as maybe not better than but as good as because Richard Goff and Mabbott were pretty special as well and Ledley had his moments as well but never really had a significant partner that we can spring to and Roberts and Maxi Miller were pretty good but again these two are better than those two easily so I'd yeah I want them both to stay and, and let's hope something can be done mm, yeah I'd the, 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 there's an inconsistent uh, amounts being banded, which was 130, which we're offering, and 180 he wants. Um, and, and because of that consistency, I tend to sort of feel there's something in that. Um, but as you're saying, there's more to it than that. Um, contracts, certainly with Daniel Levy, are exceptionally complicated. Um, I, I couldn't, I think you need an absolute uh, NASA degree to, to work those um, where they come out. I've got a feeling all this is for both parties to wait and see. And I think maybe having an idea how Levy thinks about things, how much money he has at the end of this season with the end of the um, debacle with the stadium. And I say debacle, it's it's a great stadium, but it's the extra costs I'm talking about and all that wiring and who's paying for it. And I think he's being very careful as he is. So um, I think we're all seeing where we... Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I I won't add any more to it other than I really I'd love that would be like a new signing if we said at the end of the season there's a contract and he signs a new contract on something in between the 130 and 180, mm-hmm. and I I too would fear that the moment you give him 180, which is I think the problem, uh, that the other players will then be knocking on the door saying, well hang on a minute, what about me? And that's when it starts. Well, if you're Jan Vertonghen, you who's possibly was. The, well, no, in my opinion, was def, was the better player than Jan last uh, than Toby last year. He'd be going, well, okay, well you've given yeah, um, yeah Toby that. Well, where's mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their agents would do that. There's no doubt. The agents yeah, knocking on the door straight away. Well, it's it's interesting. Yeah, both of their contracts will end at the same, same time. time. Yeah. I I know that Toby's got that that clause. Um, arguably, we want to get both of those players offered new deals at the same time um, and um, I don't know if parity is the right words here but but maybe um, that's that's what, what's, what's required, I mean they're, they're top two centre backs age wise, Jan is slight, ever so slightly older than yeah. um, Toby but um, I think that those are two deals that, that need to be um, done and dusted soon, sooner rather than later. Obviously, we've we've got that the twenty five million thing. Um, uh, that that 
that the extension um, with with Toby buys buys us a little bit more time in the same way that we've got um, the time with with Jan, except for the fact that there's that spectre will hang around the club in the summer unless we get it done done and dusted before then. It's quite possible that if it's not done and dusted before then, um, that we might not get any offers for him. Um, or yep, well, because, because of his age, apparently. So. Yep, or or we might get offers and the player might not want to go, and yep. club might not want to, you know. I'm, yeah, and we might we might be able to thrash out a deal, hopefully. Um, very briefly, uh, um, we sort of discussed transfers earlier on the podcast. Um, when I was going up to um, Everton last week with David, we were discussing um, possible signings in, in, in the January window. I know um, David, you're a big fan of. Grealish. Um, there was a player I mentioned, um, which was uh, Ryan Session, and I wonder what I put to David was, I wonder if we do a Deli Alley here and we sign him in the January window. Um, full, let him stay there, loan him back. Fulham get all this money up front. The reality is they won't get all the money up front because these days transfers are normally in installments. Yeah. Yeah. But let's just say they get. For sake of argument, let's just say thirty million, right? So they get thirty million, which they can then reinvest in the team, loan him back to them because they they obviously need him for the rest of the season. Um, and then come the summer, regardless of whether they're still in the Premier League or not, um, he's he's a Spurs player. I wonder if that. I mean, that's just me putting two and two together, but I I wonder if that something like that could happen. Um, it's happened before with with Delhi, obviously a few divisions down, but it could happen. Um, Sessegnon is that mm-hmm. what we're talking about yes, um, yes. Uh, you know, yeah I mean it could happen I, I think it'd be interesting because he struggled a bit this year isn't he With, but I, yes. I think it's hard to measure him in a in a side that has really struggled to get to grips with the Premier League um, yeah why not why not I, if that happened would anyone complain I don't I think that'd be okay I, I think the irony with Sessegnon though is his value has possibly come down as a result of having played in the Premiership. So, so that might that, work, work in a buying club's play. I mean, is that Levinomics? Levinomics for you? No, I, I just think that it's. I think it's it, meteoronomics. When you've got a player flying, and they're English, the play the the press will tout them at fifty million, sixty million, whatever. But he's you know he's not going to be any worse of a player. But the fact that he isn't creating the headlines that he created last season, albeit in a division below and in a promotion campaign as well. It's possible. I mean, Fulham may have actually a completely different view to this and actually say, well, no, he's a year older. He's now played and he's now got Premier League experience. Actually, we still, we think he's worth more than he was. So, but if we got Sessignon for 30 million, I think that'd be a very good signing. And like you say, uh, most contract, most um, transfer fees are paid over the duration of the original contract that the player signs at the new club. So it, it, I, I also don't think that money is as much of a situation as uh, what is being touted about. I think we've got, is it three years before they actually have to finalise the way they repay the stadium debt? Yeah. And I think also by the time that's finished, the debt is going to be similar to Liverpool's and Man U's, but without having the capital capital expense, the, the capital project that we've we've endeavoured on. Um, also, the money coming into the Premier League is it's it's ridiculous. I think it's 130 million without your 
foreign rights. So you've still got more on top of that 130 million per annum. And then we're going to have the thing. Uh, I heard Martin Lipton, who, who's quite a good journal with regards to Spurs. He seems to have his finger on the pulse and, and is quite rational about what's happening at Tottenham. He seems to think that our naming rights could be worth as much as 500 million. So that wipes, wow. that wipes the debt out pretty much. So, I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll see. This is, you know, this is again, it's not, it's not facts. You know, it, this is rumours. It's things that he's heard, but he's, because he was arguing quite vehemently, he said he didn't think Pochettino would go to United, knowing the guy as he does. So, we'll see. I mean, I think I think we could do with a couple of fresh faces in January, just to freshen the squad up, just to give us, I know traditionally, we don't, uh, especially Pochettino doesn't particularly make January signings because it, it clearly takes players a while to get used to the physical demands of Pochettino. Um, it also takes a while for them to get up to the levels of fitness Pochettino requires. But I think we, we, we're we going to have to... I think we're a little bit snooking at the moment with the, the amount of injuries we've had. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do bring in one or two. I don't, we don't need anything. We don't need much more than that. But it's also be interesting to see who goes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, very briefly. Um, Cardiff and Tranmere next. Um, I presume you're both feeling fairly confident we can um, win those games. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Can and should. Only, the only danger of Tramir is that he shuffles a pack quite a bit. Uh, and, and there could be a danger up on their pitch. I don't know what it's like, but uh, that's always a risk. But it's a risk he's got to take. He's got to rest players. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, David's right. I think that the Cardiff game, I think, will we'll come out of the blocks. I think yesterday will be a bit of... It might actually, you know... It might actually be the little reminder that you know what we're not quite there yet, and we need to be on it for ninety minutes for every game because we've got away with it a couple of times this year. We got away with it at home to Southampton, and we got away with it away to Wolves. Mm. Yesterday we didn't get away with it. And Burnley, so I think, uh, Burn- yeah, Burnley. I thought we played. I thought we just carried on plugging away. I don't think we. Was, it was, we did, yes. And I thought last ten minutes we actually missed three open goals near enough. <laughs> But to Cardiff, I think we will come out of the blocks. I'll, I'm going to go 3-1. I think we'll win 3-1. And as you said quite rightly, David, the Tranmere game, I think it would be foolish to make any sort of predictions without knowing who starts and without knowing yeah. what look state at, we're in. Yeah, look at last year. Yeah. We sort of put in a, Newport a, a, County, sort of a second string, didn't we? Yeah. 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 I went up there to Beast of the East, up to Wembley to watch that. Oh, my oh, goodness me. Yeah. Uh, oh, cold, right. sit, sit and watch that. I had to watch Lorenzo play. No one deserved that. No <laughs> one got deserved. a hat-trick, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> he did as well, it... but he was a lumbering lump, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we should we should we should have enough for both games. I think for Tranmere, I wouldn't be surprised if um for if Sanchez and Walker Peters uh, yeah. all start that yeah. game. And um, and there's there's talk that Dyer could be back reasonably soon because he, it's just a matter of his post op healing healing up. He, you know, he hasn't got any injury concerns or anything like that. It's just the healing and nowadays the, the treatment these guys get, especially you know, they're like they're treated like 
thoroughbred horses. They'll have all, you know, the technology, everything. So as soon as Eric Dyer's healed up, he won't lose fitness. He's, he's a pretty fit lad anyway. I, I think that'd be a, a nice welcome return. Be nice to have Deb Bele fit for you know last six months of his contract and mm. last six months of his first career. It'd be nice to get him back quickly. I, I'm fearful for Wanyama because it, apparently it's not his his dodgy knee, which is his right knee. It's his left knee, but it just seems that something's always breaking down on him. So you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully, they're taking time over his recovery to get him in a position where his body's more resilient to two injuries and, and and the niggles that he's had and and I think once we get those three players back then that gives us more options on how we can rotate players and how we can rest players because the FA Cup's it's a great cup you know and I'd, I'd love us you know, I think you know the Carabao Cup it's a 50-50 game against Chelsea if Chelsea turn up and Hazard turns it on on the day he can beat anyone I mean he really can if they don't like they didn't at Wembley they, that, could, that game could have been quite easily been 5 or 6 one, let alone 3 one. Mm. So, so, so you know, I'm I'm reasonably positive, but I just think we need a couple of new faces, a couple of new faces. It'll lift everyone, and and with a double lift of getting in the new stadium as well, I think that will set us nicely for the second half of the season. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. To finish off with, um, so we've got the re- we've got this reoccurring question on the podcast that we ask um, all our guests, and as it's your first time on the pod this season. Yes. Um, question is from uh, a guy called Gilly. Um, he's been on the pod a couple of times this season. Um, his Twitter handle is at I know Alan Gilzine. The question is, which Spurs player would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Possibly, I think it'd be Glenn Hoddle. Which current Spurs oh, player? Oh, current Spurs player. Okay. Um, current. <laughs> oh, no, oh, he's coming you? back. He's the signing. <laughs> we could do with him. Yeah, I think yeah. probably still do a thing or two. Lawrence <laughs> Spurs. Uh, Sonny. I, I think he's very, infu- you know, real sort of enthusiastic, um, infectious, fun sort of guy. And I think it'd, it'd be quite good fun to sit next to at a football match. Good shout. Right. Um, the next podcast I shall be recording next weekend, possibly on Saturday. Um, my guest on that occasion will be John Steggles. Um, all that's left for me to say is thank you, David. Cheers. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jess. Uh, thank you, Jeff. It's been a blast. A happy new year to both of you and a happy new year to all our listeners. And until next year or next weekend, um, the future's bright, the future's really white. Good night. Faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out, and we'll talk out over her.